0: The first Jam Session of 2021 is action-packed. We have so many things to discuss, but really, we gotta talk about Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. I mean, who saw that coming?
1: Welcome to 2021, everyone. Let's
0: do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, Welcome to the first Jam Session of 2021. It's action-packed, and I'm Julia Littman. I'm here I'm with Amanda Am- Dobbins.
1: Oh, shit, I'm so excited that I jumped right in. <laughs> I'm Amanda Dobbins. It's 2021. I don't know why I didn't let you talk about yourself or introduce yourself. I'm just so excited, too. We're
0: going to talk about Bridgerton. Duh. Um, we're also going to talk about Justin Bieber, because I watched his whole New Year's Eve concert, and I can't wait to tell you about it, Amanda. Um. But there's just a really pressing topic. It's the top topic of the week, probably. I actually think the biggest winner of this next topic is Hilaria Baldwin, because all of us, especially page six, have moved on to discussing Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde. And there's a lot, a lot that I want to unpack here. I mean, where should we begin with this duo?
1: Just straight off. Apparently, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are quote dating and or involved in a relationship beyond the working relationship that they have because he is starring in her next film. Um they were photographed at the wedding of Harry's manager holding hands and yes. then photographed outside Harry Styles's LA home and The news has then been released that they have been seeing each other for a few weeks, perhaps in a a romantic and romantic way.
0: No timeline. One thing I'm, I'm respecting about Olivia Wilde right now, she's really not releasing timelines like no dates involved with Olivia Wilde news because. As you'll all probably recall, Olivia Wilde was with Jason Sudeikis for a while. They have two children together. They were engaged and then they weren't. And their breakup was not made public. Didn't come to light to the general public for like at least three months until after after it actually happened. I think longer, I think it was closer to like five months or so. Um, And so I commend her. That's hard to do to keep that kind of thing under wraps, but I, there's just been a lot of Harry Styles news in the last, like, five days. And that's sort of um, where my interest lies. I actually, like, have no opinion on them as a couple. I don't know. Like, I I feel like with Harry Styles, anything goes. So I'm like, okay.
1: Again, I think two attractive people, you know, consensually having sex is great in, in any <laughs> year, as long as it's a healthy relationship. I mean, they're adults. And, the, you know, it did apparently... Happen on the set of Don't Worry, Darling, which is Olivia Wilde's new film which she is directing. So, you know, you want to make sure the workplace element of it is all kosher, but otherwise, sure, do what you want. Two yeah. really attractive people, like why not?
0: Sure, yeah, I, totally. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk more about Harry as we get into this because I'm just confused about how this info came out because on Sunday there was um a. a a tease on Demois, the infamous Instagram story that these two were together. Um, actually it teased it. It didn't say who it was, but it Demois um, email submissions have very much turned into like just blind item submissions, essentially with clues in the vein of the way blind gossip presents their, their items. Um, and then on the Demois Facebook group, people immediately speculated that it was Harry Styles and Olivia wild. And then yesterday morning, Daily Mail led with a photo exclusive and then page six had their story. And then the news spread like wild. And so I, I'm curious how you think Dumois got this first. And are we, this is a bit of a leading question, but like, are we now witnessing the next phase of Dumois um, as a gossip source?
1: So let's start with the easier question, which was this coordinated? Yes. percent. You yeah. and I were both like, this seems intentional. I, I would say just really across the internet and across my group chats. Yeah, just everyone, like a really
0: weird news drop. But I'm just like, is Olivia Wilde famous enough for this? No shots. Just like, it, I think her work <laughs> is great, but I'm just like, just is this like a Monday morning news drop that Olivia Wilde could command on her own? I don't think so.
1: And it did really seem coordinated. It was like the Monday after New Year's. Yeah. Everybody has to log back onto the internet. Slack is down. Everyone, is. it's like one of the worst work days of the year. Yeah, and. And then suddenly we have this news and it's in several sources. And it's funny because even the photographs from the wedding over the weekend, they seem aware there's a photograph of them holding hands, walking to the ceremony. Um, and it like, it's like they're walking down the aisle. They seem very aware that the paparazzi are there. It was pointed out that they are both wearing Gucci and obviously Harry Styles is like a huge, um, he's the face of Gucci or one of them, but even like the, the outfits are coordinated. So They certainly seemed aware that they were going to go to this wedding together, that the news was going to be out, that they were romantically involved. And then how they decided to manage that revelation um, certainly seems intentional. You have more knowledge of the Harry Styles One Direction Internet of it all. And I do think that that plays a major role. But to your question about Dumois, do I think I mean, was it someone on their teams who emailed Dumois or was it someone at the wedding who emailed Dumois? I don't know. Could be both. Given that this is the wedding of Harry Styles' manager. Who, who is like, Jeff Azoff, the spawn of Ir- Irving
0: Azoff, who is like, you know, a family very well versed in in, um, cele- in celebrity tension.
1: Right, exactly. The line between someone at the wedding and someone on their team seeking publicity is like non-existent at this point. Yeah. So, and then you <laughs> wonder, like, were they asked to... I mean, I don't think they were asked to, like, upstage the wedding, but I'm sure no one minded that they used this wedding as the opportunity to de- debut their relationship. But Because the wedding was a little while ago, right? It wasn't this past weekend. Was it? Oh, I thought it was this weekend. But, oh, um I thought
0: it was a little while ago. I, maybe I'm wrong. I'll have to look that up.
1: Um, in any case, it does seem like the same people... I, you know, I don't know whether the same people alerted Dumois and the Daily Mail, or I'm sorry, the paparazzi who would then sell to the, sell to the Daily Mail, or whether the paparazzi are just monitoring Dumois, which would seem like a practical thing to do. Um, I guess if you're in the in the business of being paparazzi ethically and legally, it's like a whole other can of worms, which I yeah. just, I don't know how sustainable that is long term, but yeah. it certainly seems like this was identified as something that was going to go public. And then it was leaked to the various places that make it go public.
0: And, and you're right. It was a wedding over the weekend. It was a new year's wedding. Okay. Um, cause I was just like, if I'm a paparazzo, does it drive up my value of the photos? If I leak the tip first and say like these photos are coming and, uh, or if I work at us weekly or page six or the daily mail, is there value in like stoking this story before the stories, like the photos come out? Because I just now think that Demois has turned into like a breeding ground or like sort of like a place to like plant a story before the story. Essentially it's like, you know, it is like the mill for the rumor mills. And I, I think that's sort of like an interesting iteration. Um, and it's like just moving so quickly. It's just like the the gossip ecosystem is moving so quickly, but that was one of my first thoughts. I was just like, someone, someone is pulling strings here to, to plant this here first. Um, and I also thought it was like kind of savvy because I actually at no point in the last, like in the first 12 hours of the story thought like this was a fake relationship. I I don't really think Harry Styles does fake relationships. Um, I certainly don't think Olivia Wilde does, but I thought because it had sort of like, but so like, that's like my opinion of both of them. But even before that, like seeing it on kind of like the like organic, look who I just saw on my morning walk site of De Moi kind of made it seem even more real, which I thought was interesting, just like from my own perspective.
1: Yeah, I don't think it ever occurred to me that this was like a staged relationship. I think there is a difference between the we're doing this for the content photo op relationships and the we know that this is going to be a thing, so we might as well place the content where we want it or manage it a bit. So there's a difference between like a a staged relationship and a staged reveal if yeah, that like a, ma- makes a managed any reveal
0: sense. versus a staged relationship.
1: Yeah, and to some extent managing the reveal is just kind of like managing how to be a celebrity. I think how Harry Styles manages being a celebrity and how Olivia Wilde manages being celebrity um, is very different and very interesting and it's obviously Generational, on top of all of the boy band One Direction aspects of it, but you know, a friend sent me the crazy days and nights write up of this reveal yesterday mm. that pointed out that up until this point, Olivia Wilde not had like a super positive run in the in the press. There were, you know, obviously the the Jason Sudeikis. It just like a split is a split, and you know, I hope they're well, and I hope their kids are well, and I think by all accounts they're co parenting very well. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think nice. it's. I think it's probably just something, you know, I would not want to have my breakup in the news and I assume not. no one else would either. But, you know, it's not something you'd want. And then um, Olivia Wilde had hired uh, Shia LaBeouf for this film and then fired him after the um the lawsuit from FKA Twigs. But there was some kind of, you know, Shia LaBeouf has been a, a, a complicated public figure for a long time. And yeah. the, the Post pointed out, like, why did you hire him in the first place? Or, you know, it's just like, again, it's not something maybe you want your name attached to in the news, even if he was removed from the project.
0: Yeah. So
1: it does, you can understand possibly why her team wanted to push her towards like a different type of news and have her in the public in a different way. And I thought that was like, that was perceptive. Um, It doesn't seem to me that Harry Styles plays that way, though. You're right that there has been a lot of just Harry Styles in the news in the last couple months. So
0: Harry dropped a music video that is quite charming on Friday, New Year's Day. It's um, he and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge dancing. uh, I mean, to his song, Treat People With Kindness, which I had never heard before. I was like, oh, new song. And then I realized it's an old song. Um great video. I mean, everyone is just really happy to see Phoebe Waller Bridge, I think, in front of the camera. I prefer her as like um an object of the camera than anything else. So I was just like, this is great. And they built in a um look to the camera. That's the way the video ended for her. Very, you know, a nod, a nod to all the fleabag fans out there, which I appreciated. Um, but like that's kind of why I'm so confused. I I understand that, you know, especially in the wake of Banana 2020, that managing your your paparazzi photos as a couple is like a major thing to do in in the covid era um but i'm just confused about what's going on and like what what harry styles and olivia wilde are like trying to achieve here and moreover like what harry styles is trying to achieve because it's not like he just dropped any music video wasn't like a tour retrospective wasn't like harry on you know the beach singing it was like a really elaborate noteworthy awesome video where he was again, decked out in Gucci. And like, I'm just like, am I witnessing one really long Gucci advertising campaign? Like what's going on here? I honestly, I find it baffling, but like at the same time, I just want to say I find Harry Styles to be an exhilarating performer. So
1: I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying to work through it with you, Amanda. I'm so glad you brought this up because I want to talk about this at length because I, I, I am on record as being fascinated by Harry Styles. I just, he has a presence beyond his years.
0: Yeah, he really does. That's why he dates older women. I have to say, I love that he dates older women. Like I, he's a wonderful celebrity performer and I really do find him like exhilarating and thrilling. I'm so glad to have him in our celebrity world.
1: But the nature of his celebrity and kind of why he's famous and why we're talking about him all the time is what I want to explore with you, because I have never heard the song. And I actually I, I read a lot of blog posts about the video with Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but it really takes a lot for me to click on a video on the Internet. It's just not where I am right now. So I still haven't watched it. You know, I know that he was on the cover of Vogue recently. I know that he is always releasing a lot of, you know, videos and and visuals. And I know that there are songs attached to them. But I think I listened to his first album once and then uh-huh. have just never interacted with his music in any way, shape or form.
0: And I don't love his music. That's like my least favorite part of his portfolio.
1: So I was going to say, I think this is kind of like, common wisdom at this point is that he's a hugely interesting pop star with abs, with like completely boring, forgettable music. Like no one cares about the music, but the music is just the vehicle for him to be kind of this visual and celebrity presence that everyone just likes having in their lives. And I find that really fascinating.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I think the closest comp for Harry and I'm certainly not the first person to make this is Bowie, right? Like just the way that he carries himself, what he's interested in, um, the way that he is genre bending and very much plays in sort of, um, you know, in fashion and a lot of like queer theory. And it's awesome. It's really cool. I mean, his statement on the cover of Vogue and the like alleged backlash, but I, I know it was a real backlash, but like he handled it so well that I'm just like, uh, I, you know, just move, move along. Like what he, everything he does is like a statement. And my friend, I was saying like, he's made a lot of really good choices and my friends like he's made a lot of smart choices and that's really true. Like Mm -hmm. it's so hard for a child star to turn into this, that it's just like really, really impressive and awesome. Um, and it just seems like really genuine. And that's, that's kind of why I find this news drop. So baffling is because he has been so coy with his relationships in the past. Um, and I just am like I'm like what is this advertisement I'm being
1: served I don't get it. Well, I have t- I have two points to make. I think the Bowie comparison aesthetically and pop culturally is really apt. Again, musically, like it's a, it's a no. It's just yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. And it's it insulting like,
0: Bowie's music. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs>
1: it's not even insult. It's just kind of like. It's it. that's a useful comparison because, like, you know, Bowie's music has worked its way into all of our brains. And, like, again, can't name a... Well, I can name one Harry Styles song, which is Sign of the Times, which is also a Prince song. Whatever. The other thing is kind of this news drop and the generational aspect of it. Because I think this is the first time that, in a while, that Harry Styles is dating someone, like, of our generation. Yes. And... I think that he has been linked to a lot of younger people and there's been kind of like an Instagram online yes. level yeah. of interest in it that, that just hasn't risen to your and my uh, like awareness or, you know, that's not how we spend our time. Like we have a a friend who lives near a home where one of Harry Styles ex-girlfriend's lived for a while and she was telling me about when they were dating and kind of what was happening. It was like a little mini hype house. Um, you know, and like people of a certain age would come, but like, you, you know, that I yeah, just I don't know about it. This on the internet I'm on. That's cool. So yeah. I, this I, is I, the second
0: time in a week where I've been like, shit, I'm old. I was watching the bachelor and the women are so young. And I was like, fuck, I'm old.
1: I mean, <laughs> We're really old and in some ways we're really grateful to Harry Styles for dating someone of our generation. But I, I I do think it is also kind of like different, different internets, certainly colliding different generations and different modes of like media strategy, because the way that we've been aware of Olivia Wilde's like relationships and projects and what she's doing is, is like very old school, traditional magazine. And Harry Styles just seems to like exist as a like friendly commodity on the internet for everyone under the age of 30. Yeah. And I think
0: that's awesome. Me too. I love it. I'm, I'm happy to have him,
1: but it is interesting to kind of watch the two machines merge wherever the twain shall meet. Yeah. yeah. And, and certainly everyone got like really invested in it, which is very funny. quickly. Yeah.
0: I have to say, I think this does a lot for Olivia Wilde. And again, I think this is a real, real relationship. I don't think this is a PR relationship, but I'm just saying, I think this does a lot for Olivia Wilde. I really do. I
1: I certainly agree. I thought that that crazy days and nights post was like very prescient, just in terms of, um, or very insightful in terms of the, the, the way that the types of stories that we're telling about her now, as opposed to the types of stories that are being written about her from two weeks ago. And I'm not like, you know, it's, it's kind of the way the tabloid media works for better and worse. But I I do think you would rather be like wearing Gucci and holding hands with Harry Styles, as opposed to like the other things private probing into your private life. So I completely agree. Um, I don't think it's bad for Harry Styles.
0: No, I don't think it's bad either. I'm just saying like, if there's like a PR bump to be had, uh, I think. She gets it. I don't know. I just found this sort of the, the coordination and this with the seating and Dumois just like really caught my attention. I was just like, this is old school. We haven't gotten this in a while. Yeah.
1: And I was, I found it sort of thrilling. I think the other thing that's really interesting is that it was actually a PR bump. And there is something about how you do have to have like multiple internets meet in order to create this storm at this point. Like if Harry Styles were just dating another person of like, you know, Gen Z Instagram, or if Olivia Wilde were dating, I don't know, who's like a comparable TV star of a certain age. I don't know. John Hamm, that seems sure. like. John yeah, Jon Hamm. And like all of the Mad Men heads would be like, yes, how yeah. great. But, you know, everyone, like there are a lot of people who don't care. And so the the way to actually cause it, you know, get everyone's attention at this point is you have to triangulate and you have to get Dumois, but you also have to get page six, but you, and you have to get daily mail and you have to get Gen Z and you have to get millennials and you have to like bring it all together with a nice dollop of Gucci.
0: Yeah, seriously. Big one for Gucci as well. So did you end up watching the treat people with kindness video? No, I saw it. Again. I don't think it's for you. It's, I don't think it's for you. It's, it's not, um, I don't even know how to describe the tone it's it's certainly not earnest but it's also not ironic it's very much like harry styles coy meets um fleabag like it's the only way i know how to put it it's like it's aloof i guess it's my best my my best definition of it um i don't know it's just like it's two thrilling performers which is like what's really cool about it uh I don't know. It's a it's a good video. I love Harry Styles. I'm really happy he's famous. I found this all really baffling but also exciting. So, shall we move on? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that street wear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
2: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
0: It is now time to discuss the eight-episode, nearly nine-hour television program, season one, Bridgerton, the Netflix sensation. When I last checked, it was number two in the U S it's been out for about 10 days. Uh, it was number one for a while. Um, it's an explosion of color and, and, um, so many other things. I mean, what, what did it remind you of the most Kate Halliwell and I were discussing this on TV concierge. I'll tell you our comps after you reveal yours.
1: I mean, obvious gossip girl overtones, mm. both in the you know, lady lady whistle down. Lady whistle down. That's correct. I was yeah. about to say lady whistleblower, and that would be a different <laughs> Bridgerton, which would honestly be sort of funny. Also, okay, would be so, good. Yeah, the lady whistle down narration, um, and also this CW like tone and age and. Kinda- Can't you
0: imagine a CW show doing the um, the string quartet version? Of- of thank you next and in my blood and maroon yes. five and all that yeah and
1: we'll get into our thoughts about the show but I like wish the show leaned into the C W ness a little more for me it worked more when it had that archness but in terms of like the age range I was definitely aware that all these people are younger than me I was definitely aware that it had Emily in Paris vibes of like it's a sensation but it was definitely made for twenty five year olds instead of the thirty six year old who's uh, talking to you right now that's okay. That's great. Um, but I I was back to
0: that point in a second.
1: Keep going. I was, I was aware of that gap. And then, so I think gossip girl is probably the main comp way more than Downton or any of any of those shows. I don't know. What were your comps?
0: Kate said pushing daisies, which was a really good one. Aesthetically, it is very similar to that with sort of the, um, pastels and wild feeling the feeling of like being in a field of wildflowers i thought was really apt um i think there's obviously you know your girl jane austen can't can't make this show without jane and all the derivative works sense um not that like jane austen would would do this but i think the idea of like society and like what a society piece is like is so influenced by jane austen that like you know you can't overlook that and and of course, a little down Abbey, but I, that was my three was Gossip Girl down in Jane Austen. Uh, and then, and then like, it's funny that this is being so closely aligned with Shonda Rhimes because obviously it's from her production shingle, mm-hmm. but there's no evidence that she was like deep in the script. I mean, she's an executive producer, but that means so many different things in Hollywood, right? The showrunner is this guy, Chris Van Dusen. And so, like, I actually think um, the most Shonda thing about it was the speaking in monologues, which I die for. I absolutely love the monologue, the monologuing back and forth. It's like, it's like a great tennis Valley or t- great tennis rally, essentially. And so the monologuing between Daphne and the Duke was probably my highlight of, of the show and also highlight of the book. Um, I just think it's funny that people are like going crazy about the show. I mean, it's not even that they like, like it so much. It's just being discussed and watched a lot compulsively. So like everyone I know, either is watching it, wants to talk about it or is not watching it and wants to tell you why. And it's sort of like just become a talking point. And I think that is really fascinating. And again, something I find thrilling. Like I don't even need it to be good. I just like, I I live for monoculture. So when there's, when there's a central conversation happening, I'm thrilled.
1: Yeah. So I think one reference point that neither you and I shared, but that because we don't really have this reference in our lives, it's uh romance novels and romance shows. And yeah, you know, well, I, I, mean, I do have the shows in my life, Amanda. <laughs> right. Well, we should talk more about that. And you've also read Bridgerton. And obviously, you know, Jane Austen is one of the most influential English language novelists when it comes to kind of breakdowns of society and her influences felt here. But I think like some of the tone and the pacing and the monologues and certainly their fervent enthusiasm also comes from like a very devoted romance novel fan base. I mean, that is like that is a very successful world of book publishing that you and I just kind of don't read as much.
0: There's eight Bridgerton books. I'll just tell you, book one, is called The Duke and I. It's about Daphne. I keep wanting to call her Phoebe, but it's about, <laughs> that's the actress's name. Um, it's about Daphne and the Duke. And it introduces the Featheringtons and the other seven Bridgertons. And Colin and Anthony and Benedict are like in it but it's really only about um Daphne and the Duke with with a healthy dose of Anthony and like it sets up a world when the, there's eight books i think one maybe more because there's Featherington books too um but the show was like overstuffed with plot and i think it's because they were trying to like you know obviously create a world and like seed different seasons but it was like it was like way too much i mean i i would i would have taken like fewer characters and like 20% fewer minutes to have a more streamlined, compelling show. Like it was like really (laughs) all over the place and a lot of the more problematic, but sort of, or not, I don't say problematic, but sort of like more, more vexing and less fully realized pieces of the show are not in book one at least. And so I thought that was, to me, that was just like a very apparent that they were kind of like trying to fuse a lot of things and that didn't exactly work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say all of my texts to you about this show were what is happening and like, what's (laughs) like, what's going on? Who are these people? I knew who Daphne and the Duke were. I was able to kind of identify them. The queen made that one pretty obvious. She's a very large wig. Um, also she's the queen and that's a character that I can remember otherwise, like
0: not in the book. That was a good ad. She is not in the book,
1: but you know, honestly, no idea who any of these people are. Like, and I, and also, and this is kind of, I couldn't invest in any of like the the romantic tension or like, are they going to have sex or not in any of them? Because there was no, there were too many people and the chemistry was just flying so many different places that I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be picking up on in terms of sexual tension and what I know. But
0: but then I think the two, the two secrets of the show are so not secrets. One is reggae jean Page's generationally handsome he is the most Mm -hmm. symmetrical face i've ever seen Mm -hmm. he is so handsome that it like makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and then you basically you see him almost naked like this is like the like the steamiest sex scenes certainly by any shondaland shondaland standards i mean this would never fly on abc um but like also like virgin river doesn't have sex scenes like this sweet magnolias didn't have sex scenes like this so like it's very also simple why the show has become such a flashpoint is because the guy is hot and he's having sex.
1: <laughs> I think I must've fallen asleep during those sex scenes. I feel really bad about it because I was oh about God. to say to you, I was <laughs> like, I, I do not think this show is sexy at all. I found it really awkward. I did sleep. It through is some awkward. Of the episodes. I'm going to be very honest. Like I, I have not seen every minute of Bridgerton. <laughs> I have saw the beginning and I saw the end and I was like dozing a lot through some of it because again, I just didn't know what was going on. So I may have missed those. I missed a lot of those sex scenes. Well, they're also the really awkward because it hinges upon him pulling
0: out, not getting her pregnant and sh- and her not knowing that like, that's not always how sex ends. Right. And so <laughs> and so it's just like, Kate, and I talked about this too. And when I read the book, I was like, this is what this book is about. In the book, they play up a lot, a lot more. Her ignorance about sexual intercourse and like how babies are made, it's it's pretty weird. Also, I will say in the book, it's it's sort of like a little ambiguous on the show, and the on the in the book is not ambiguous. In the book, Daphne rapes the Duke. He is drunk, and when he is drunk and like nearly passed out, she mounts him, and they have sex, and she attempts to get pregnant. I actually don't remember if that was successful, but it's just straight up rape. Like there's no question about it. And so when I read it, I was just like, "What? Why is this being made into a TV show?" And so you know, um. Joanna Robinson has a good distillation of of this on Vanity Fair, but it's sort of like just so many things going on with this show and um, obviously they made the right choice in changing that for the TV show. It's like a pretty horrifying part of the book that's not really like examined for what it is. It's just like is she pregnant? And what's their relationship? But like, she straight up rapes them. It's, it's fucking weird. Um, and also obviously awful. I mean, it's a novel, so it's not like it actually happened in real life, but anyway, they changed that a lot for the book, but it, it did sort of like the whole time I was watching, I was like, how are they until they got to the scene? I was like, how are they going to handle it? And, um, it's just a really weird world that, that I think we talked about this pod and I was like, very like, I don't know about romance novels. I read my first one and it made me uncomfortable and I didn't want to give that away because I knew big part of the show,
1: but that's why I was like, what the fuck Bridgerton? <laughs> I have, again, have not read the book and have not watched the entire TV show, but I would agree that the relationship to sex that this show has is not, it's just not how I understand sex in fictional <laughs> worlds which you know <laughs> how I understand in world. <laughs> or in the real world and listen like it's not like sex in movies generally is always no, like you know a walk a in the park it's yeah, yeah or like healthy or or great I mean you know or that it's shown particularly in a sexy way that there's work to be done there as well but I was just like <laughs> What am I watching? Yeah, and it's I crazy. And I gotta tell you also, when all the secondary characters who I could not tell apart, I watched a lot of their sex scenes and I was like, I don't know wh- who these are. Yeah, a lot are. of Anthony having sex, yeah, with them. With, um, with the opera star singer, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but which that's great, but like, I don't know. And then I read all of the content on the internet, which are people just being like, it's the horny show of your dreams. And I I was very confused.
0: Honestly, if he were like 15% less hot, I don't think the show is a sensation. It is really, really good casting. Um, I would say it's the only good casting, but it was the most important casting and they nailed it. So I think the rest of it, I've got notes. Uh, again, Kate and I discuss this on TV. But um, he's now a star. I mean, he is, it, it's like, you know, I will not tire of the Netflix overnight star. I knew this was going to happen. Um, Reggae John Page is his name. He was born in Zimbabwe. He moved at the age of 13 to London. He went to like the Royal College of Arts. That's not the right name. He now splits his time between Venice Beach and London, who amongst us doesn't or doesn't <laughs> want to. Um, in style, was like ready to go with the Q&A, with the, the Venice Beach photos. I mean, he's a bona fide star. He's, and he
1: is so handsome. I've never seen a face so symmetrical. I will add that he plays a, a supporting role in a movie on Amazon right now called Sylvie's Love which is is romantic in the, the sex is implied rather than shown <laughs> graphically but I really enjoyed it and I recommend it um even though he's not the the star of it yeah I He is definitely on my Instagram explore feed, like a lot. And that's how, you know, that the person has and he's also already in the rumor for will he be the next Bond, which is, you know, no indication of whether he'll be Bond and just an indication of like he's reached a certain level of hashtag Internet chatter where people are like, okay, now this guy will be Bond. But he did it. Congratulations. Mm hmm.
0: Who's, who was the previous person rumored to be Bond that we're like all went crazy over? There's been so many rumors.
1: Well, the, kind of the l- there have been so many. The last like Netflix TV show phenomenon that I can remember is Richard was Richard Madden. Right. And there, remember when Bodyguard came to mm-hmm. Netflix and we all watched that and then everyone was like, he will be Bond. And- Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> Which is and I'm sure that there have been a lot more in the interim, but that that comes to mind
0: it's just the Netflix fame is wild because what's so crazy about it is like he's now accessible to everyone you know it's not like the show goes away like everyone can just watch Bridgerton whenever they please now but there won't be more Bridgerton for so long it's just a bummer i'm just like i don't know i, I guess it's effective but like just being um, being dropped off at the Oasis and then taken back to the desert with content with Netflix is like so frustrating. It's like all at Juliette,
1: once. It's not, it's not the desert. There is like, you will never get through everything that is on I know, Netflix. but I just,
0: of the things that you like, you can't get more of it. It's so frustrating. So it's, frustrating. I guess
1: so. But there's also just like a constant drip of it. It's very fascinating to me because I know you really feel this way. And I think it's cool and but like, there's so much I just feel underwater with like, I'm never going to get through everything that everyone is talking about all of the time. You well, know? I, have a lot, I, I have a lot more unincorporated time and unaccounted for time to watch television than you. So I don't really think that's true. I'm just bad at it. I fall asleep during like really long shows. This show was really long. The episodes the way, were really also. long.
0: Some were over an hour. That's not OK. That's yeah. not what we're here for.
1: Yeah. Um, can I tell
0: you just one other Netflix thing before we move on to our next topic? This is yes. un- unrelated. I think we mentioned that we've both been watching Gilmore Girls. Well, my journey concluded. I made it to the end of season seven. However, I took off, um, all of the Christopher episodes from, from in the beginning of season seven and the end of right. season six. I couldn't inflict that pain upon myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, first of all, just quietly cried on January Sunday, January 3rd at the series finale, both at the memory of Amy Sherman Palladino not being involved and also just the beauty of the end of this show. <laughs> I love a series finale so much. And um, then I immediately went into it. I was like, well, I need more. So I'm going to watch Gilmore Girls Year in the Life. Oh, no. And it, w- it was so much worse than I had remembered. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this is r- really bad and uh that was like very jarring and upsetting but my my main note is just in rewatching Gilmore girls and as it relates to like television it's so diametrically opposed to something like we where like because it was 22 episodes and it was sort of like hey we're having fun on the cw and 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 to her credit i don't want to denigrate her work at all amy sherman Palladino is a, a first class world builder right it's like you know she's on the george RR r martin level in my mind um there's so much time dedicated to bits just like nothing advancing the plot, nothing mm-hmm. having any bearing on like what like the storylines, but it's such intense, like just like commitment to Stars Hollow and the world that ASP dreamt up. And as I was watching it while also watching, like, um, I'm currently watching Victoria, and then I just watched The Wilds, both on Amazon Prime and obviously Bridgerton and like shows like The Queen's Gambit, where like they're they are so plot heavy and every minute is committed to like driving something forward. Maybe you won't know for a little while, but I was just like stunned at how many minutes on go more girls have no bearing on the plot at all, but contribute so much to the feeling and the vibe that obviously you and I and millions of other people responded to, but I just found it like so fascinating and like really a relic of a different time. And I I hadn't really realized it until this rewatch.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a completely different structure. It was network TV. And so there's the a plot, the B plot, the C plot, and just like zero plot. This is just (laughs) like bits. Yeah, but I mean, but but there is like a certain amount of there's like the A plot that is part of the larger, like, you know, what whatever Lorelei's up to, mm-hmm. and then whatever Rory's up to. And then you need to have like Taylor doing his thing the, or whatever. The B plot within like that ends within the episode itself, right? Because like they are self-contained episodes. Because that I mean, and that is like a major difference between the way TV was thought of like 20 years ago and network TV and now and something like the Queen's Gambit. And then there's just the C plot, which is you know the world building or the jokes or the the whatever. But I do think that going back to Bridgerton, one thing that it being a Shonda Rhimes production, and I do think even if you know, as you said, we have no idea how involved Shonda was, besides like her name in really big letters at the beginning of the show. But I do think a lot of people knew about it and watched it because yeah. of the Shonda association, Course. and our idea of a Shonda show is like really old school network. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I'm going to be, I'm very curious about the, the scammer show. What is it? Inventing Anna?
0: Yeah. About Anna Delvey.
1: Yeah. About Anna, Anna Delvey. That is a Shonda Rhimes Netflix show. And I it's understood that she is more like directly involved in the making yeah. of that show, but kind of what a Shonda Rhymes Netflix show looks like as opposed to a network TV show. Cause I think, it might be very different and that might be weird for us. I know. I'm I'm excited though. with <laughs> trepidation.
0: All right. I'd like to discuss New Year's Eve content with you. What did okay. you, what did you take in on New Year's Eve other than Bridgerton?
1: Um, uh, nothing. I, I watched two episodes of the crown and I went to bed at nine o'clock. I had minor surgery on New Year's Eve and I'm doing great. And that meant that I really went to bed early that, but well,
0: that sounds ideal to me. I like to go yeah. to sleep at nine. Um, I did not watch on New Year's Eve, but the next morning watched the Justin Bieber New Year's Eve concert on YouTube. And, um, I alarmed myself with how much I knew about Justin Bieber. I was watching my friend. So she was like asking questions. I was like, just knew so much about him. Like I was like, I was able to calculate his age on the spot based on like how long he's been around and when he got famous and like, there's all this stuff. Number one, I just want to say Justin Bieber has so many hits. It's like, I kind of forgot.
1: Number two, do you know about this concert? At all? Any details about it? No, I read a, a write-up of it yesterday and then asked you whether you paid $25 <laughs> I to did live not. stream. Okay, I found but an illegal you... stream on YouTube. So okay. Justin Bieber performed
0: like at midnight. I don't know if it was LA midnight or New York midnight. Who knows? Um, an outdoor stage that actually looked really cool. It was sort kind of like in the courtyard of the Beverly Hilton, which is famously where they have the golden globes. They set up the stage and like people were socially distanced, like on balconies in rooms watching. So it was, it was really cool. If you're actually staying at the hotel, it's an absolute nightmare, but I presume no one really was. Um Apparently it started like 45 minutes late. And mm-hmm. I, I may have seen, I can't remember if this was on like scooter bronze Instagram or actually just something Justin said where he was like, sorry, we're starting late. The demand was just so high for this concert that we had issues or whatever. And I assume that was like the streaming delay, man, but I'm going to call it bullshit based on what I saw from Justin Bieber in this concert. Okay. And I just think it was like typical diva behavior, like forcing a concert to be late because Justin Bieber said so many things that I was laughing at so hard, but were so unprofessional and like messed up. Like for example, at, at midnight, he gets a he's like done two a few songs and he's he's gets a bottle of champagne. He shakes it up and then sprays it on everyone celebrating, celebrating the fact that it's the new year it's 2021. We made it. And then he has to go back to performing and he was like, oh, shit. And like he just sort of like breaks with the concert and his performance. And he's like, oh, shit, can we get some towels out here? It's really slippery. I probably shouldn't have done that with the bottle. And he's like processing in real time <laughs> on camera, on the mic. How he's just like basically like created an ACL tear for himself by sl- like sloshing around the champagne. And it was crazy. And then like 45 minutes later, he gets to like the emotional climax He says, he says, I know this is supposed to be like a big climactic moment and everything, but I'm really thirsty. Can I get a bottle of water? And so he interrupts his big moment where he's supposed to be performing lonely. The song he has out with Benny Blanco recently to get a bottle of water. And he's just like, he doesn't just like break the fourth wall. He like takes a sledgehammer to any sense of like performance to be like, "Hey, I need water," and like I was dying. I found it endearing and really funny. But my mo- but Carrie Bradshaw voice, I couldn't help but wonder if someone like Beyonce or even Ariana Grande was like, "Sorry, I need to take a pause for water that I didn't think about needing." They would just be like so derided as like, "I can't believe they did this" or whatever, and this sort of like just kind of like like went by. And like, maybe people don't care about Justin Bieber in the same way. And that's why, but I do think he's just like allowed to be an absolute doofus who's like unprofessional for reasons. I I don't know. And that
1: that's my Justin Bieber story. Thanks for listening. It's a good point. And I was thinking a little bit about Harry Styles as you were telling it because it's it's a little bit. What do people want? Harry from would never. These celebrities. Well, you know, Harry would never because that's not like the image that he's created. And obviously, Beyonce would never. never. and Ariana Grande would never. And... I watched her her movie too, by the way. Okay. Well, you can tell me more <laughs> about that. We next week we can do like pop star documentaries <laughs> reviewed the next chapter. But I, people do have their public persona that they're living up to, and and I think the. Justin Bieber's is complicated because for a while it was just absolute child star. Like, you yeah. know, he was 13 and he had the the little bowl cut. And he, the way that he has kind of grown up and public interest in him is kind of as is his songs. He actually has good songs unlike certain other people who we've talked about on this podcast. And then also the quote like how he's handling it. Um, but I wouldn't say that kind of like perfect pop star has ever been what he's selling yeah in the way that other pop stars like the just like the performance and the discipline is like is what they're selling there's definitely a gender standard you know in mixed into it as well but I think some of it is just also what people want from him Um, yeah
0: it just was like a jarring experience I was like this dude is like also remember when dancing with his thing he dances a lot but I'm just like is he even enjoying this I don't know it was uh it was just really it was really something I couldn't get over the lack of professionalism I don't know I guess I just I expect more from my pop stars but at the same time I found it really authentic and funny
1: so yeah I mean is professionalism what you think of when you think of Justin Bieber or do no, you think of like not. No. an entire mach- in a lot of ways he is like the avatar of like the pop star machine and all the people around him. He works with the right songwriters. He has the right manager. Like everyone has just put him in a place to be successful, you know, despite his complete lack of interest in it. I know.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It was just super weird. And then I also, I also watched um, Mariah Carey on the Andy Cooper, Andy Cooper, Anderson Cooper, Andy Cohen, CNN show. And Mm -hmm. you may have seen this on the internet, but like, they're asking her about um, the success of all I want for Christmas is you. And like, as like a performer and she was like, I just want to remind you, I wrote that song as well. And as <laughs> you probably, as you certainly know, Amanda, and probably the listeners do as well. I've just been taking in all, all Mariah content possible. And she's mm-hmm. really been going out of her way to remind people that she's also a songwriter. Like in every interview she gave about Oh Santa with Jennifer Hudson and Ariana Grande, she talks about how she had arranged it originally and then rethought it and everything. And like, she is just like, hammering home the, the extent of her skills as a songwriter and producer. And I, I love it. And I just, I, it was a real stark difference in like a female pop star versus a male pop star. Like what they have to do in this world. I don't know. I just, just love pop stars. guess like it's, it's theory. That's the,
1: that's the story. And they, and here they are in 2021. <laughs> plenty giving me a,
0: serving me content. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, I think that's it for this week. I mean, this has been a lot. I've worked through a lot. Thanks for listening.
1: It's my pleasure as always. I, you know, I look forward to more Juliet reporting on Shonda Rhimes content or Shonda Rhimes associated <laughs> content in 2021 and also Juliet digesting pop stars in 2021 is some of like my favorite jam session staples, but we're just gonna, you know, there is, there is continuity even in change, you know, and that's, that's the true. energy that we can bring to 2021. That's what we're all going for.
0: <laughs> all righty. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.